Stay at Home Schooling Mom podcast. I'm Ginny Super, and I'm joined by my good buddy and partner in crime, Mary Ellen Barrett. Pretty interesting topic for you today, I think. But uh, before we get into that, we really need to thank our primary sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton is the premier Catholic program. They publish their own line of Catholic books. All of the books come with lesson plans and answer keys. And, uh, you know, when you enroll in our program, we have uh, guidance counselors to help you navigate through high school. Uh, they have counselors to help you just if you're running into a problem, teaching how to diagram a sentence or the difference between a proper and a common noun. They offer a tremendous number of services and have been doing that serving family for 40 years. So please, if you'd like more information, get on their website, www.seatonhome.org. Uh, if you're interested in enrolling, you'll see there's a little course you can take, a little 10-minute online course that introduces the program to you, and there's a coupon code, so you get a little break if you enroll. So anyhow, go take a look at Seton Home, but in the meantime, Mary Ellen, today's topic is exploring the lives of the saints in our homeschools. Why don't you introduce that for us? It's a great topic. I'm kind of stuck on the fact that this is yet another organization I'm older than. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head. <laughs> that is a discouraging thought. Try to put behind you. Let's move on. <laughs> Saint study, studying the lives of the saints, really, really important for homeschool families um, for a bunch of different reasons. The most important, I think, is that we have lost a lot of this in our culture, in our Catholic culture, probably since Vatican II, is that we don't celebrate the saints in the same way that people did prior to that with feast days, with um, special masses and special celebrations. And I think homeschoolers are in a unique position to kind of bring that culture back or to save it, you know, and 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 cherish it. So it, it's always been very important to me to make sure that my kids are, are aware of saints and, and feast days and what saints are about in heaven and how we utilize their prayers. So Examples set by the saints can inspire and guide homeschooling families in their faith and education. So can we just talk about the difference between canonized saints and saints? Because when we talk about saints, everybody thinks like St. Patrick, St. Francis, whatever. But everybody who's in heaven is a saint, right? That's right. Everybody that's in heaven is a saint. The church has a process called canonization where if you think somebody might have been a saint. So actually, I'm kind of interested in one uh, in the uh, Archdiocese in Milwaukee. My uh, daughter was friends with a woman named Vicki Thorne, who was a tremendous pro-life worker. Gave her life to it, really. Wonderful woman. And she passed. And now the diocese, apparently, the archdiocese, apparently, or people within it, are considering trying to move her for canonization. So wow. the way it works is they study somebody's life. If it looks like the person who had been a saint, you're called a venerable servant of God. And then there's another process. And if you pass through that process, and I believe that requires a miracle done in your name. I think you're just so. Blessed, you're beatified. Mm -hmm. And then it keeps going. And if you have another miracle, and by the way, the church, by the way, if you pray to Saint anybody, some man you knew that you think might become a saint someday, and you pray because your marriage isn't working out and you're very unhappy and this and that, so you're praying to this saint or to this person you want to be canonized, and your marriage turns into this fabulous thing, the church doesn't consider that a miracle. No, no. It might be a miracle. It might very well be through the intercession of this saint that your marriage improved. But in order for something to be declared an actual miracle, it has to be like you had a huge cancerous tumor on your shoulder and then you woke up one morning and it was gone. Right. Yeah. It has to be kind of verified, a, a completely unnatural occurrence. 
something that should not have happened. There's no, no explanation. Other explanation. You know, so you could yeah. be a saint in heaven as an end. One that I'll mention that's that I think probably is a saint in heaven, but she is not canonized. But it's a cool thing to do. So anybody who lives in the Great Lakes area in Champion, Wisconsin, near Green Bay, near the Packers Stadium, uh, in I want to say it was 18. Now I'm going to get it wrong. Maybe 1871, I think it was. Uh, a woman by the name of Adele Bees was walking through the woods in Wisconsin. There was nothing there. And the Blessed Mother appeared to her. And what she did was run away. <laughs> because if you see this. Well, that could be startling. <laughs> it would be a little sister. She ran away. And then the Blessed, I think it was the Blessed Mother appeared to her again. She ran away again. And she spoke to a priest. And the priest said, well, ask this person who she is. You know, don't just keep running away. And she asked her, and basically what the Blessed Mother told her, she, you know, that she was the Blessed Mother. And all she told her to do was teach the children in this wild country their catechism, teach them how to make the sign of the cross, teach them their prayers. And that was it. It was sort of simple. <laughs> she wow. didn't go on and on. And she said, I'll help you. She did say, I will help you. And Adele, it changed her life completely. She would go from tiny little villages in those days, and she would stop and say, listen, uh, if I stay here and I work for you, will you feed me so that I can teach your kids their catechism? Wow. And she would do that for a while and then she'd go to the next little town. I would have taken that deal. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, right? Um, so she did that for many years. There's a, a much greater miracle. Uh, the same night of the Great Chicago Fire, there was something called the Great Peshtigo Fire. It was the same uh, sort of situation. It was very dry. It was very windy. I don't know if it was a lightning strike. I don't know what started it. But the Peshtigo Fire was uh, this huge forest and millions of acres burned. Oh, and wow. many, many people died. Thousands of people died. And they, they weren't even all recorded because, again, it was these small little rural villages that nobody knew about. By this time, Adele had a little um, kind of campus where her dad had built a, um, uh, a, a little chapel, I guess you would call it. And Adele, I believe it was the statue of the Blessed Mother. I don't think she had the Blessed Sacrament there. But as the fire was coming, people ran to this campus begging for Adele's help, begging for her to pray to the Blessed Mother. And she would go to like where the fire was coming from in the north. And she'd stand there and everybody would pray and the fire would reverse itself. And now stop that, coming. That that's direction. a miracle. That's a and miracle. Then she'd, but, wait, but then she'd go to another, then she'd go to another direction and where the fire was coming from. And it would again stop. So if you go. To Champion, Wisconsin, it's, it used to be called Our Lady of Good Help. Now it's Our Lady of uh, Champion. Adele is buried there. And you can still see the fence half burned and half not burned. Wow, that is a cool thing. That's really Isn't cool. That, and so she's not, to the best of my knowledge, she's not even a venerable servant of God. I'm sure that the Bishop of Green Bay is thinking about this, yeah. but I don't know what the situation is. But absolutely, you can go to that. And that brings the saints alive to your kid. Sure. Did you tell that um, to Arlena Brown? Remember our guest, Arlena Brown, the lovely Lena Brown? I think I might have mentioned her. And she then was for- she was looking for and she went and she posted on Facebook that it was just this most incredible experience. So people do listen to us. They do <laughs> listen to us. So that's a really cool thing. I remember when I was a little girl growing up in New York, my mother took me to where Mother Cabrini is buried. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a nice thing. That is a nice thing. I recall it was in the Bronx. (laughs) Yeah, when I saw it was in the Bronx. Um, There are places in America where you can see these um, very holy people, if not necessarily canonized saints. And um, so canonized saints are named saints in heaven. And canon comes from canonized comes from canon, which means um, like an authorized 
list or author, they're authorized. So when you hear somebody speak of a canon, it means something is authorized. So that's that's well, the difference. Sabrina was our first. She was not American born saint. She was a naturalized citizen. She was born in Italy, mm-hmm. naturalized citizen. But then she was the first canonized American. But the first American born saint, of course, was Mother Seton. Mother Seton. Yes. And there's a beautiful shrine in um, in Maryland. Emmitsburg. Emmitsburg. Yes, it's in Emmitsburg. I, we took the kids there a couple of years ago and that there's a little museum. There's um, it, there's a little movie you can watch. There's they have um, all kinds of like her pieces of her clothing and they have, you know, books that she read and her, her own books and stuff like that. Really cool. To, it, it really brings it alive. This was an an actual person. She didn't just exist in some dusty old book, you know, which the the lives of the saints can be like that when you're teaching them to the children. A lot of them, um, you know, like St. Anthony, he was the first hermit. He went into a a cave in Egypt. Um, Okay. (laughs) he He was holy and people followed him. And then there were a bunch of caves filled with people. And all right, well, that's, that's extremely holy and wonderful. And we should all be very grateful. Um, but it's not exactly a thrilling story from children. And it doesn't really mean a whole lot to no. them. They, they can't investigate it. They can't look at it. Tan Publishing, several years ago, put out two books. And I want to say they were written by a woman by the name of Ann Ball. And I oh, apologize yes. to the real author if they were not. But what they basically were is saints that were new enough that they were invented, that they lived after the camera was invented. Oh, okay. That's neat. pictures of these saints. So, for example, St. Therese of Lisieux, most of us have seen pictures of St. Therese of Lisieux. She mm-hmm. was only 22 when she died. They had a lot of pictures of her. It wasn't like today. She didn't have selfies. <laughs> but there are pictures of the real St. Therese of Lisieux. And there are real pictures of St. John Bosco. And Padre Pio. And Padre Pio would be somebody else. He was a 20th century saint. Uh, saint Jose Maria Scriva. So these are saints that were modern enough that they lived in um, our own times. And I think it's really cool for kids to see these pictures and to realize, hey, you know what? I could be a saint too. They don't have a glow about them as they walk. Right. Yeah. I mean, they don't have little halos. Um, They were just people living their lives. They, you know, they were similar to us in a lot of ways. They struggled sometimes, you know, they they didn't come to holiness easily, a lot of them. I'm just looking up, there's one of these little Catholic companies that has Polaroids of these saints that you're talking about, Yeah. who have, um, it, you can buy them as Polaroids because we're recording this right after All Saints Day, um, so, and All Souls Day, and it's, what is it? It's the 3rd of November. So a lot of people hang pictures of saints for you know, November or pictures of their their loved ones who've passed away. Um, and we're hoping we'll get to heaven. We're praying for them. So this little Catholic company, and if I think of it, people, I will put it in the show notes. I'm so sorry. I can't remember. But they were selling packs of these um, in looking in Polaroid style of saints that you could just hang up, maybe make a garland of them or put them on your bulletin board and just be able to see these real people who lived lives, who came to some incredible level of holiness so much so that the church canonized them. Um, not an easy process, as you were saying. The most famous one, of course, in the 20th century was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, of course, yes. And I mean, movies there's... have been made about Mother Teresa. So that's another cool thing you can do. So if you yeah. get a chance to visit Calcutta, okay, that would be cool. Uh, if you get a chance to see their sisters, the sisters wear that white and blue habit. They're very recognizable. Uh, we used to see them in Chicago. And one of the things I would do is I would empty out my wallet. Whatever cash I had in my wallet, I'd give yeah. them. Oh, yeah. 
because they don't beg, but they, they survive on this. And that's a good thing for your kids to see too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, but Mother, Mother Teresa, though, she started this order and uh, they did fabulous work. You can find movies about them. Your kids watch a lot of movies. Anyhow, let them watch one that's got something worthwhile in it. You know what you uh, can find on YouTube with Mother Teresa? She was, um, she could be forceful. Right. Oh, yeah. She wasn't she wasn't like the grass wasn't growing on her. If she thought something was wrong, she was forceful about it. And there's it's I'm sure it's on YouTube because I've showed it to my kids. But this was years ago. Um, she was at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And in the front row there for some I forget the occasion um, was President Clinton and his wife. And uh, oh, let's see. I guess it was Bloomberg was the mayor at the time. And all of these dignitaries, all these pro-abortion dignitaries, and she's looking them right in the eye and telling them how wrong they are and all the problems in the world start the with abortion. The greatest poverty is abortion. And you could, like the camera pants and you could tell they just, they wanted to be anywhere else. Like they just <laughs> did not want to be hearing this from this tiny little nun who was not, you know, having it and was really, really like, taking them to task and but she's the most popular woman in the world in some ways she's the most obviously the most holy woman living at the moment and she's like almost pointing a finger at them and it's she's it's telling them off. brilliant <laughs> she, she received the nobel prize too she got right up there and talked yeah. about abortion when she received the nobel prize so letting your kids like i say see movies about somebody like that is fabulous yes i yes. agree with you if you can find like little live news clips or something that's great yeah. there was a uh, a movie done about saint jose maria scriba also which was he's the founder of opus day mm-hmm. and that just re- another really cool movie but you can find a lot there was one done about um saint joseph cupertino cupertino did you so there are movies about the saints and you can just actually google movies about catholic saints yes. and, and there's find them. yeah you will find them um there's a beautiful one about St. Therese that was made, oh, I want to say the early 2000s. It's just beautiful. Um, and there's, of course, like Song of Bernadette, the old ones, the old Ingrid Bergman, Joan of Arc. Uh, no, uh, yeah, old Ingrid Bergman, it was, what was the name of the actress in uh, Song of Bernadette? It was a beautiful, beautiful, and by the way, oh, goodness, the real St. Bernadette, for people who don't know, that's another cool thing you can show your kids. One of the signs of sainthood that the church looks at before they canonize you and declare you a saint is called incorruptibility. Oh yeah, oh, their kids love this. Kids love it. They absolutely love it. And Saint Bernadette looks way better dead 150 years than I do now. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful. She was only 35 when she died, I think, and oh a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. Her, her body is totally incorrupt. <sighs> uh, I went to the chapel when I was in Paris one time. I went to the chapel of the Miraculous Medal with the Blessed Mother gave the Miraculous Medal to St. Catherine Labore, who was a nun in that order. She wore kind of the flying nun type of, uh, you know, the big headdress. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, the, that they wore. And she's also incorrupt. So you can go to this chapel, and there she is. Look, like I say, looks way better now. Than, <laughs> looks way better dead than I do alive. And uh, it's, it, so that's a cool thing for kids. And you can get pictures. You can say pictures of incorruptible saints. Yeah, there's a book called The Incorruptibles, and you, you can you can see that. I mean, if you have a very sensitive child, some of it might be a little, you know, scary. But some I was, look a little more. Some of them look a little more incorrupt than others. Yeah, Saint um, Saint Catherine of Bologna, who is the patron saint of artists, um, she's actually sitting upright in a glass case, 
it's in in Italy in Bologna and she her skin is blackened like if they when they clean it which they don't often do because they're afraid to touch it but it's from uh candle wax and soot for so many years so they take her out every so often expose her to the air and they're afraid to but there's candle for so many years she had candle wax and soot and all this kind of stuff on her so now she's kind of enclosed um so it's black but well, it, it's I think about creepy it, looking American nun who was just exhumed because they're considering her for sainthood in the United States. In the United she, States, yes, yes. Um, like, she, looked, she looked as good as the day she died. I I'm mean, she, you, she looked lot. amazing. Look the it's a little scary, you know? We have to look that up. It was in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, we'll put that in the program notes. We have to remember to do that. Yes, uh, yes. So I'm anyhow, studying the saints does not have to be boring, I guess is what we're trying to tell you yes. here. No, it's it can involve class trips. It can involve looking at actual photographs of saints. It can involve looking at photographs of saints long after they've been dead and they still look great. It can be lots and lots of, of sort of fun stuff that kids will really enjoy. It's not going to be boring and and uh oh we have to learn about another saint. It really is not. It can be it can be cool. Uh and we're going to get into some individual saints and how interesting they are to learn about and why we've learned about them. But in the meantime, I, we do have uh, Seton Home Study as our primary sponsor. We're very grateful to them. But we have other sponsors, too. It's great. I think my Seton education really gave me a lot of the truth. Um, but it was cool to go into an area where you could dialogue with other people and kind of pursue the truth in a different way than just than receiving it. To learn not only in the class how to be good or, or what is good, <laughs> um, but then to also learn outside the class, learning from, from learning through relationship. I've grown so much as an individual because I can engage not only with the text we read in class, but anything I encounter in the world, I am able to say, okay, uh, this is Hegel talking. I can figure out how to find the truth with people who don't even really know how to dialogue well. Um, because I've been taught so well how to dialogue in the classroom and outside of the classroom with, with sparring with friends. I'm Anthony Klein, a Seton Home Study School graduate and a junior here at Belmont Abbey's Honors College. The Honors College at Belmont Abbey. To learn more, visit www.bac.edu honors. Hello and welcome back. Thank you to our sponsor. You know, these sponsors want Catholic families to thrive. So please pay lots and lots of attention to them. Mm -hmm. So now we talk sort of in general about the saints and, and some of the things you can get. We'd like to talk a little more um, specifically about different saints that your kids might be interested in learning about. Uh, I've often, when I had nine or 10 or 11 kids at home, uh, and was trying to get some sort of sanity. I used to pray to St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless cases. Oh, yeah. Because I felt like I was hopeless myself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've done that one. Oh, St. Anthony uh, for lost things, yeah. you know, because the math book is always gone. Around, something's <laughs> lost that must be found. I prayed for My mother used to tell the story. I don't know. She loved St. Anthony, but a bunch of people had come over to my parents' house on New Year's Eve, and they were making rather merry, I think. And my friends had hill in their backyard, and they all decided to go sledding. And a woman lost her engagement, her diamond wedding band and engagement ring. Oh. And uh, in the snow. Oh, in the goodness. And my mother says to them, I think she was the only Catholic of the bunch, she says, oh, we have to pray to St. Anthony. She swore that ring came up out of the snow and started <laughs> I don't know how true that was or how much how Mary she had been making that night. <laughs> 
but we all should remember St. Anthony when we lose things. Yes. You were talking about before the break, Mother Cabrini, and she she's huge in New York City. She's just she huge. Is. I mean, even non-Catholics just really are, are so... Um, just love her and adore her. A friend of mine who's often in the city made up a little prayer. Um, Mother Caprini, don't be a meanie. Help me find a place for my machini. And he says, he swears every time he says that, a parking space opens he finds, up. He finds a parking place. And Mother, Caprini, she, Mother Caprini is a really cool person to learn about because she came to the United States at a time when Italians were not very well thought of. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a missionary like in India or something, I think, as I recall. But the Pope said, no, can you go to the United States? Because there's lots of Italians living there in great poverty. In those days, you know, diseases were common. We didn't have vaccination. Parents would die. The kids were left with nobody to care for them. And I believe it was 67 institutions she opened up. Yeah, it's something like that. It's in the the United States. And I believe also maybe Mexico and South America. But she opened up hospitals. She opened up uh, orphanages. Yeah, she's very revered. And, you know, when they were having that whole let's take down all the statues movement a few years ago, which I think is actually still even going on, um, all of these uh, kind of liberal, wokey kind of people voted to not take down her statue. Yeah. That's how revered she is. Yeah, she's, like, she's very, very beloved. Uh, and as I say, the first naturalized American uh, saint to be canonized. So your children can, if you see poverty, if you see homeless people on the street, pray to Mother Cabrini. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good habit for your children to get into when when you see these situations, to have the the patron saint or the saint who is kind of related to whatever the cause is, have them say, oh, Mother Cabrini, please pray for them. I mean, it just has to be that simple. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be a big, long prayer. But we, we don't need to say a big, long prayer for everything. But just you know, Mother you know, Cabrini. Actually, I remember when my dad died, obviously very, very sad. And Mary Kay Clark, the founder of Seton Home Study School, said sometimes when you can't pray because it's just your heart is too heavy to do it just keep saying jesus yes beautiful prayer yeah right? you don't just, have to, you don't have to have these you could just say say please saint anthony help me find this mm-hmm. please saint jude i'm feeling hopeless right now yes blessed mother be a mother uh, mother Teresa used to say ask the blessed mother to be a mother to you and maybe it's it's a good time to make the point, be, in case we have any listeners who are not Catholic, um, when we say we're praying to the saints, we're not actually worshiping saints. We're not actually placing saints anywhere near God. We worship God as Catholics. Um, but we're asking them to join us in prayer, and we're asking them to petition God for us. And it, it's the same thing as if you ask your, your friend here, um, oh, I'm having a rough time. Could you please pray for me? That's how we petition saints. We ask them to join us in prayer. We ask them to petition for us. So I just want to make that clear. We're not yeah. actually putting anybody above God. Any The Blessed Mother doesn't come before God. Nobody comes before God. Yeah, it is the equivalent of asking a dear friend to pray for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah. just wanted to say that. <laughs> that's, 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 we can be, Catholics can be attacked that we worship all these people. We don't worship, worship yes. them. We yeah. revere them. We think they're wonderful. We study their lives because we can learn so much from their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can have various, like, uh, if you look at the various religious orders, what they did, like, what, uh, well, Opus Dei is not a religious order. It's a something else. It's got a different title. But their idea is you should sanctify yourself through your ordinary life. What an right. easy thing to think about. You should be holy when you do the dishes because you do the best job you can at those dishes and you do them all for the glory of God. Which is a very 
St. Teresa of Lisieux is a very good example, like her little way. If you yeah. if you bend down on the floor and pick up a pin, you should do it for Jesus. You should like, do you it should. for Jesus. The other thing that uh, St. Therese did, if you read, I remember reading her uh, story of a life, and she talks about uh, her way of being holy was her little way, she called it. Mm-hmm. So she would pick the crankiest old bat of a nun in that order. <laughs> and everybody else like tried to avoid the nun because she was just this cranky old crabby thing. And St. Therese would go out of her way to be nice. She would greet her nicely and she would try to do favors for her. And so at one point, one of the nuns said to her, why do you like me so much? <laughs> but Mother Teresa, who took, she took the name Teresa from the little flower. Right, to honor Mother her. Teresa, yes. she loved her. And she didn't exactly have a little way when you think about it. She had thousands of nuns going all over the world, picking people up off the streets and caring for them. But if you study her closely, she did have a little way. Like she, she used to say things like, well, you want to help the poor, find a poor person and help them. Right. You know, she was very foundation. practical and matter of fact in her ministry. She really yeah. was. She wasn't all flowery and, and, you know, she just was really practical. Find a poor you person. You don't have to do fundraising. <laughs> you don't have to set up a foundation. Just find a poor person and help them. And one of the things that she suggested, and I've absolutely took it into my own life. I really believe in this strongly. It's changed my life. She, it was something she called the big smile. Yes, I know you're very devoted to you're good at it too. It I really love is amazing. A big smile. I love it. So all you have to do is somebody checks you out at the grocery store and they'll all have a little tag on them that says their name is Mary Ellen or something. And Mary Ellen, thank you so much. Have a good day. Yeah. Or or, or else I, I'll beg my own groceries at the grocery store and she'll say, Oh, thanks so much. I'll, it was my pleasure. You're gonna have to do it a lot today. I don't and give them a big smile. And yeah. you can do that with anybody. You can you do that with the homeless person that you encounter. Yeah, you know, or your neighbor where, on the street. You yeah. just run into a neighbor and say, oh my goodness, how wonderful to see you. I saw your little girl the other day. She's getting so big. You don't know what people are going through at any different time in their lives. No, it's and, true. And just a smile or a friendly word can just make all yeah, the difference. It really can. It doesn't can. have to be a big thing. You don't have to offer to go in and mow their lawn or anything. You just have to... Oh, it's so wonderful to see you. I saw your mom visiting last week. Did you have a nice visit? That's Mm -hmm. all. In one of her interviews, Mother Teresa, um, somebody said to her, and I thought it was kind of a silly question, um, why do you do this? And she said, I see the face of Christ in everyone. Everyone. You know, because she was touching some pretty untouchable people. I mean, you know, these are people laying on the streets of Calcutta. I am sure they were not. Yeah, they they were not. It was not pleasant to be around them, but she did it because she sees the face of Christ in everyone. And I've taken that to heart a lot because I've raised so many special needs children. And so they can be ridiculed or, you know, um, not treated very well by by the rest of the world because they're not quick and they don't understand all the time. And um, they flap and they make weird kind of gestures. But in our homeschool community, these children are being taught to see the face of Christ in everyone. And so my kids are not weird. They're just who they are, you know, and they've taken that Mother Teresa kind of sensibility to heart and in a way that's made my life just so much better. Um, And that's one of the advantages of us teaching the children about these great saints is that they do take that to heart and they do kind of remember that as they're they're going forth in their in their little everyday lives. You know, they treat a great as they grow up. Yeah. Who's not going to like the employee that the fellow staff member that comes in every day and says, good morning, Mary Ellen. How are you today? Yeah. Being pleasant is just a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> really How you got glasses? They look fabulous. Yeah, that's all. It doesn't have to take. 
But what a difference that can make. Just little, that the big smile can make such a difference in people's lives. And being courteous and caring for others, not only will it make your children maybe get to heaven a lot faster, but it will also maybe help the people around them get to heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we should talk about, because we are talking about homeschooling here, is one of the patron saints of academic progress and education, mm. St. Thomas Aquinas, who was known as the dumb ox. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and he's a doctor of the church. He wrote like the Summa. <laughs> it's just, and he was the dumb ox. Everybody thought he was dumb. Actually, people thought St. John Vianney wasn't that bright either. Well, St. John Vianney, he was an interesting guy. He's the patron saint of, of parish priests, just for mm -hmm. everybody's information. But when he was a kid, it was during the French Revolution. The church was being suppressed. He would go to mass in like barns or something. Then he was um, he was conscripted into the army. Uh, and he got out. He really had never had any education at all. He couldn't read or write as an adult. And he was sent to maybe a parish priest and, and taught how to read and write. And he wanted to become a priest, but he was quite a bit older and not very well educated and didn't speak Latin or spoke very little. Yeah. Which and in those days was a big deal. Very big so deal. He went to the seminary and um, he really had trouble. He couldn't pass Latin. And the bishop was not going to ordain him. And then for some reason that nobody really knows, the bishop decided to ordain him. So maybe the bishop got a message that we don't know about. But he said, well, I can't send you to, I'm going to send you to this like place that was so not Catholic, so bad, so corrupt, so miserable. Um, that, you know, it couldn't hurt to send a priest there. Mm -hmm. Ours, it was, it was the parish of ours. Nobody went to church. There were bars and it was kind of a nasty place. And he just went in there with this simple attitude. He was a very humble man. Um, he would tell people his big message was just do everything God wants you to do. And don't do things God doesn't want you to do. I mean, it wasn't profound, but he became the patron saint of priests. He would hear confessions for 14 or 15 hours a day. Yeah. And he had some gifts, didn't he? Um, but he? It wasn't him who could read souls. I know Padre Pio could. I don't know if John Vianney could, but I do remember that his housekeeper said that he would be praying at night in his room and she could hear the devil like heaving things out. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. He, ooh, but, you know, the holiness. But, but of course, he, could, he could, could barely he could barely graduate from the seminary and became the patron saint of parish priests. But the devil was afraid of him. Yeah, I mean, right, he couldn't graduate seminary. So for all of you moms who are just concerned that your kid isn't doing well academically, maybe they are the scourge of the devil. So well, don't worry about bring, it. <laughs> I used to bring uh, St. John Vianney up to my kids who struggled in school. Yeah. Like oh, you yeah. can still be great. You're not going to be student of the year. You might not be a straight A student. Nobody's, you know, you're not going to get eight, 1600 on your SAT, but you can still be great. Yeah, yeah. I um I spoke to Father Grishel who founded the, um, the Franciscan's Fries of the renewal. I remember. Yes, and he was a he was a deeply holy man. And he was and he was also very funny. And I mentioned to him that my son Ryan, who um who as you know had autism and and many difficulties, wanted to be a priest. And I said, is there any way he could possibly be a priest? And he's Mary and his Bronx accent. He said, Mary Ellen, if God wants him to be a priest, he'll be a priest. Tell him to pray to Saint John Vianney. Everybody thought he was a dummy. <laughs> That's right. It's like, okay. <laughs> Another one I think we should bring up for uh, moms, we can't go on about this forever, is St. Monica. St. Monica oh, is the mother of St. Yes. Augustine, who is also a doctor of the church, a brilliant man. Uh, but he didn't come to the faith. I want to say he was about 40. Oh, it was late. Yeah, he had he yeah, sowed I mean, every you know, wild oat he had beforehand. He sowed <laughs> a lot of wild oats. He did. He, 
He kicked up his heels, as they say. Uh, but his mother never gave up praying for him. She was She's the patron saint of perseverance uh, and, and just patience, praying for your children. So those of you whose children maybe have left the church or, uh, I don't know what they're doing. I'm a little bit nervous about this whole thing. Pray to St. Monica. Yeah. Pray for our intercession. Say, St. Monica, give me the patience and the perseverance that you have. She is a good one. She comes through. She really does. She's a she's a very good intercessor. I do I do want to make the point that um, when people say to you that the church doesn't value women or the church is not, um, you know, feminist enough or something like that, there are many doctors of the church who are women. Um, one Saint Joan of Arc, not a doctor of the church, but led an army. Um, Actually, we no, she didn't lead an army. She was the only woman in the history of the world that we know about who led the army of a major nation. And she did it when she was 19 years old. Right. I mean, this is and, and, that's pretty extraordinary. And we've, you know, the church has canonized her and recognized these gifts. And there are just so many women that the, the church says, this is an example of what you can be. This is an example of an extraordinary person. So when somebody says to you, though, the church doesn't revere women and uh, the Catholics want all the women to be barefoot and pregnant and having 19 babies and not doing anything else. That's just baloney. It is <laughs> it's actually, actually baloney. If you think about it, well, other women from other faiths were like having tea on Sundays with you know members of their of their congregation. Catholic women, again, like Mother uh, Mother Cabrini or Mother Seton, founded the Catholic school system in the United States. Yes, uh, I told her she's canonized this Blessed Maria the Immaculate. She actually started the first uh, Catholic school that was in Canada in North America. Ah. Mother Cabrini founded churches and I mean, excuse me, founded uh, you know orphanages and hospitals and uh, all over the all over North America. So again, these were women that led, and I believe I read once that the first woman to get a degree, a doctorate in computer science, was a Catholic nun. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, th that's another thing, too, is that the church is not scientific or is anti-science, which right. also baloney. <laughs> yeah, it is baloney. <laughs> but anyhow, we could go on and on about the saints. We will put some of the saints that we talked about today up in the program notes. And a couple and, we're not going to get to. <laughs> yeah, we're not going <laughs> But, you know, think about the, the saints. Mary Ellen had that great idea of maybe putting the little Polaroids up if you can. Uh, if you have a saint that's your child's patron. Like if you named one of your sons Jude, find out that the uh, the holy day for St. Jude, maybe have a little party for St. Jude on St. Jude's Day. Uh, crafts, movies, visits to shrines, all of those things. Research them. Can't go wrong with the saints. You really can't. I mean, there's and there's so much to learn. There really is. You can go into your heritage. Irish saints are big in my house. Um, if you're Italian, there's St. Joseph. There's, there's saints in every kind of continent in the world, maybe not yeah. Antarctica, but <laughs> you know what I mean? You can find something to be devoted to and to encourage your children in these devotions to, to turn to the saints um, with their problems and, and to just pray fervently and ask for their intercession. It's such a good thing for your kids and to keep that Catholic culture alive. Melissa, we want to thank you all for listening. Please go to where you listen to podcasts, wherever that may be, and like and subscribe and give us that very valued five-star rating. We do love five so stars. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we do. And uh, thank you so much to our staff at Seton Home Study School. Okay, and we will see you here next Wednesday when the podcast drops in the afternoon. In the meantime, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School.
Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, setonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.